of Faith at a Base podcast 041, Galatians 3. Galatians 3 offers a very short, very to the point, two-verse lesson on baptism, in which nearly every word is absolutely packed with germane information. Let's read it. Galatians 3, 26 through 27. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Paul, in this letter to the Galatians, is writing once again about an event which happened in the past. He's reminding them about something. And what is that something? It's the Galatians' baptisms. Let's get some context. The Galatian church had been infiltrated by dangerous teachers, and Paul is over-the-top ticked about it. No other letter in the New Testament demonstrates the apostles' wrath better than Galatians. These false brothers had persuaded some in the church to fall back into Old Testament rituals which depended on works of the flesh, namely circumcision. These Judaizers, as they were called, taught people they must be circumcised and follow the law of Moses in order to become Christians. Paul, in furious manner, declares trying to obey the Old Testament law for salvation was of absolutely no value. In fact, he tells them, if you give in to this teaching, your relationship with Christ is worthless. Galatians 5.2, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Well, back in Galatians 3, Paul spends a good amount of time explaining the Galatians must have faith in Christ, not circumcision. And it is in this context he makes his statement about baptism. He tells them, you are all sons of God. This means they're saved. Their sins were already forgiven. They could not be sons if they had not been adopted into the family. He next explains exactly how that happened, through faith in Christ Jesus. The only way people become sons of God is through this thing Paul calls faith. But what kind of faith is this? Is this simple intellectual belief or assent? Does the kind of faith Paul is talking about stop at mental cognition and agreement with the message of the gospel? No. Faith is never faith until there is some kind of commitment or action which backs it up. Listen, even the best evangelical agrees with that statement. Let me show you. In the evangelical world, preachers present a final step of faith necessary to become a son of God. Some churches teach that we simply and quietly need to accept Christ into our heart. Some churches use the sinner's prayer as a final step of faith. Some ask people to raise their hand in the service or come forward during an altar call. Once the person has performed the prescribed method, this step of faith, they're considered saved. They would never be considered saved prior to this step of faith. So, even in the denominational world where human works are decried as invalid, we see some step of faith is required before salvation. No one claims these are rituals or works of man. 
we're told they are acts of faith or steps of faith. Paul points the Galatians back to a different step of faith. He says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's something kind of cool hidden in this statement. Think about it for a second. The statement, all of you who were baptized, implies there was an unbaptized group of people, doesn't it? Certainly, there were people visiting the Galatian church who had not yet been baptized. All of the ones who were baptized are in Christ. All of those who had not been baptized were not in Christ. How does Paul tell us these people got into Christ? They were baptized into Christ. But then he takes it even further. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. When they were baptized into Christ, they were also clothed with Christ. They put on Christ like a garment. Huh. This sounds strangely familiar. Where have we seen this before? Ah, Matthew 22, 11 through 13. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. In this parable, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven, a place we all want to be, to a great wedding banquet. Many people are invited to this awesome banquet, and some folks even try to get in without the proper attire. By the way, there's a super strict dress code. We can't get dressed in whatever we want, even if it is the latest and greatest fashion. We must be dressed in the appropriate attire as required by the king. In our case de jour, the Galatians were clothed with Christ, the supreme and holiest of all garments. Do you think they will receive the king's approval? I'm pretty sure they will. Folks, the Bible provides no other way to clothe ourselves with Christ. We must be baptized into Christ in order to clothe ourselves with Christ. A popular objection one might raise to deny this truth is to claim that the baptism of Galatians 3 is exclusively a spiritual baptism, not a water baptism. The claim is made that only the Spirit baptizes people into Christ, and only the Spirit clothes people with Christ. It's not something man can do. Well, I wholeheartedly agree. Man surely cannot do any of these things. That's the Spirit's good pleasure. And when does the Spirit do all this? Well, when we take the last step of obedient faith in the biblical plan of salvation by surrendering our old life of sin and die in the welcoming waters of baptism. When we make this decision to obey the gospel, the floodgates open and the Spirit does His saving grace. Now remember, there is only one baptism, but two things happen during that event. 
Another objection is sometimes raised when we use this scripture as a proof text for water baptism as the final step of faith necessary to get into Christ. The reasoning's a little convoluted, but follow along. If we go back and read all of Galatians 3, Paul is on quite a tirade about not depending on works of the law for salvation. He even says in Galatians 3.5, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse. That's pretty strong language. The second evangelical argument employs a method to persuade us baptism has nothing to do with salvation. They equate human works of merit with works of the law and then label water baptism as a work, just like the law. You may recall our syllogism from a Faith at a Base podcast 12, The Proponents. Premise 1 said, we are not saved by works. Premise 2, baptism is a work. Conclusion, therefore, baptism doesn't save you. The first statement of the syllogism is true. The second one is false. So the conclusion is false. Paul makes no connection between works of merit and baptism in Galatians. Galatians is specifically about the Old Testament systems and has nothing to do with man's tendency to employ works of merit to win God's approval or favor. There are other places in the Bible which discuss works of merit as they relate to salvation, but Galatians is not one of them. Galatians is exclusively about the Old Covenant law being null and void. Don't make the mistake of jumping to conclusions and thinking Galatians is about human works of merit. This reasoning reveals a very curious dilemma for our evangelical friend. By using this argument that baptism is a work, they're saying Galatians 3 is about water baptism. Do you see the problem? In the first argument, they claim that Galatians 3 is talking about a spiritual baptism exclusively. But in the second argument, they claim that the baptism of Galatians 3 is a work. A work is performed by man, not the spirit. So which baptism is it? Water or spirit? At the conclusion of Paul's polemic, he points the Galatians to their own baptisms, in stark contrast to a works-based method of justification he has just finished condemning. Think about this. If baptism is a work, why would Paul suddenly include it in his diatribe against works? That makes no sense. Well, as I conclude, I have one more thought I wish to add. Everyone agrees faith is paramount and one must have faith. But it is possible for faith to be incomplete, just as James tells us in James 2.22. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. John says the same thing in 1 John 2.5-6. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. The Galatians' faith and their actions were working together. They completed their faith when they were baptized. It's no different for us today. Have your faith and your actions worked together? Has your faith been made complete by anything you did? What was that thing? 
What was your final step of faith? When were you saved? If that thing was not the clothing of yourself with Christ in baptism, then do you really think you have had a saving faith that obeys? Well, thanks for listening. Join the argument at www.afaiththatobeys.org slash blog.